Welcome to the MESPA Principal Cast. I am Brett Domstrand, Principal of Lake Marion Elementary in Lakeville, Minnesota. We want to say thank you so very much for listening, and we hope you've been enjoying the podcast coming back. And now here we are to introduce Jen Olson. Jen is the principal of both two schools, both Humphrey Elementary and Winstead Elementary in the Howard Lake area. And so, Jen, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Brett. Glad I'm here. It nice is to so good to have you here. And everyone, Jen and I have a relationship that goes back quite a while because we're both heavily involved in MESPA in many different ways. And Jen, you're our secretary treasurer. And I know I know that that will be changing soon, but it's been an honor having you here um, in MESPA with your leadership um, for our whole organization. So I just want to start by saying thank you very much. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Uh, it's great to have you here. And so so now you've been the principal of, have you been, has your entire career been at Humphrey and Winstead? It has been, yep, all 16 years. 16 years of being principal. So before we get into your educational experience, can you talk a little bit about, because I'm just very curious about this, what's it like to be a principal of two different schools, but you're only one person? How does that work in your <laughs> daily life? Well, I wish I had a, a cloning machine because certainly it would be a little bit easier, but um, the position that I was offered in 2005 was uh, at the time, Winstead was a one section school, kindergarten through fifth grade, and Humphrey was a two section school, kindergarten through fifth grade. And so I tried different configurations where I did um, half days in each building so I could tell the kids, hey, I'll see you tomorrow and actually mean it. Um, found that a lot of windshield time happened. And so, you know, looked at a different um, configuration. And as we started to grow, um, I we added, um, thanks to the support of the school board, we added a dean of students and a counseling position. So um, when I'm not present in the building, they have been instrumental in being there and um, helping resolve any problems that maybe come uh, comes along. But uh, we found that every other day um, works for now. It certainly is a little bit harder for me with that consistency, but I really feel like um, with a, a strong staff and uh, really supportive families that we've made it work and, and it's, it's, it's going pretty well. And, so. and going pretty well, especially considering the year we've had, and then all the years that you've had to to fine tune it is uh, is is a very honest assessment, right? Um, <laughs> so, so uh, kind of what I'm hearing you say though is that that it's that team effort, having some support people, because if it were just you, you wouldn't be able to do it. It sounds like. No, no, um, not, I wouldn't be able to sustain it. And there are days where, you know, they're certainly harder than others when you're dealing with maybe some high risk students or just the emotional, it, it, it's a, it's a challenging job. We all know that. So um, to try and divide and conquer, certainly it would be easier in, in a single setting, um, but we make it work. And, and truly it is about that team effort. We, we've got good, good people in place and uh, that's been really instrumental in, in being successful. And it's under your leadership. If you've been there for 16 years, it says a lot about what you've implemented uh, and, and to build that culture too. So you were talking about sometimes like the behaviors and some of those things that come up. Um, are you, so because of a small school, how do you navigate like setting three special education or the students who have more significant needs? Because oftentimes that falls on the principal to, to respond to a lot of those things. How, how do you manage it with a smaller school like that? 
Yeah. Um, again, that that team effort, we've got some really solid uh, special education staff. We are part of a co-op, um, special education co-op. And so we have some resources. So as we start to manage those higher level behaviors, those level threes, those level fours, um, we have a, a few outliers that we can and we can access. We've got a great special ed team and um, that we have a special education coordinator that helps supervise and, and manage that transition as well. So um, it, it is, it's back to that team effort, but um, lots of SST meetings, child studies, that communication is huge. Yeah. Isn't it funny how we're talking and you and, and principals, you can probably all agree with this is that like, we all know what we're talking about when we hear like, oh yeah, the SSS team, the SST team or SAT team, or you name what you're doing to, to support students. And it's like, yeah, we just do this and we do a team effort. We do that. And it's like, right. Oh, you know what? We all, we, we, we do this so often that we start to just become, we just live and breathe it as, as such a natural case. Um, so, so Jen, as you, as you talk about that are you from the area of Howard Lake? Is that so I I actually grew up in Moorhead on the west side of the uh, west side of the state. Um, landed in Duluth um, with my education path, and then uh, ended up in Rockford as my um, probably my longest stint of teaching before coming out to Howard Lake. So what did you teach? I taught kindergarten and first grade. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yep. And, and when you're, when you're already in Rockford, you just go a little further down 55 and you can make your way over to the Howard Lake area. It's not, that's that right. Further, right. That's right. <laughs> hey, um, you're not, you're not battling traffic or anything like that. It's the greatest commute ever. So, <laughs> right. Oh yeah. There's no rush hour. It's correct. It, it's a great thing. So I, I want to talk a little bit of, um, about your, your leadership experience, um, with MESPA. Um, and obviously now we're going to have a new president, new secretary, treasurer, but you did that for four years, six years, yep. four years with, uh, the secretary treasurer position. Yeah. And then also with the ed advisory, that's been, um, eight years. So, so talk, talk a little bit about what it's like to be a, you know, you're involved in so much MESPA planning as a secretary mm -hmm. treasurer, but you also get to go to some of the national events as well. Is that right? Yep. Yep. We've had an opportunity to do both the, the national conference as well as the national leadership conference. So, so talk a little bit about what is the national leadership conference? I, I've never been to one and I'm, I'll, I've always been curious as to um, what it is when you bring that many, that many leaders from so many states together. T talk a little bit about what you learn when you go to the national leadership conference. Sure. So um, the national leadership conference or the national leaders conference is um, comprised of all of the different organizations across the United States. And it's it's meant to really educate on advocacy. So really talking to legislators, making those connections, talking about um, both the national priorities as well as um, offering your own lens or your own story back at, um, at the state level. And so um, we have some training. We learn a little bit about what um, the pulse of the, the U.S. education um, platform is. Danny Carlson's been instrumental in sharing information there, as well as some um, guest speakers. Um, and then we get a little bit of training on talking and presenting our stories, doing that advocacy piece. And then the, typically that third day is um, talking with legislators from our state. So we set up appointments ahead of time. Um, 
Usually it's um, the NAESP rep for our um, for our organization, as well as some of the legislative team. And then the uh, both the, the president, president-elect and secretary-treasurer go. And oftentimes John is there as well. So, you know, it's it's been a nice, a nice platform to really talk and, and connect. We also have our secondary partners out there as well. So we have some time where we can collaborate across the umbrella. So it isn't just K-6 or K-8. It is truly that early childhood through um, grade 12 um, coverage. So you're really getting that FaceTime then with our legislators. Yeah, absolutely. So is that, um, so you were talking about, you get a little bit of training about how to have those conversations. They say, okay, Jen, you've got 15 minutes. And so your time starts now. So, you know, I know we're all pretty good about giving our elevator pitches, but um, when you think about that kind of conversation, looking back at some of your experiences, what do you try to get in? So they, they hear the point, but they understand it and they you're not spending a lot of time talking about the weather and like go twins <laughs> sure um we we have kind of a basis that we go off of you know we look at kind of the um the goals and the platforms of mespa specific um and then you know a, a lot of our focus has been on funding um title to supporting the the principal um that special education funding where you're not having that that cross subsidy some of those kinds of things and really just making sure that that funding piece is there talking about mental health um but one of the things that we try to do is designate. So if I have um, where I where I reside and where I work, we try to target those um, legislators specifically. So they have a face. I'm a voter in your your district. And so now you have a vested interest in listening to me uh, versus me going to, you know, say Stillwater. I don't live in that area. So, you know, or, um, you know, out in Moorhead or, or what have you, depending on who you're connecting with. So we both we meet with both the representatives and the senators um, at the at the U.S. level, the so the national level. Wow, there's some there's some uh, I don't know if power is the right word, but it's a it, I mean you can't you can't make up those experiences to get time with our legislators who are making decisions that affect our schools, which affect our kids. Right. Um, that's. That's important. It's a little intimidating. It definitely put me outside of my comfort zone a little bit. So taking a risk and, and sharing your story. And I think the more you have a personal experience to share with them, the more likely they are to listen and say, yep, this is a, this is a definite need versus just the lip service. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's, I'm glad you said it. Cause that's, that's what I was feeling. I was going, Oh, would that be intimidating? How would, how do you go in there and, and really make sure that you're telling a story that makes them remember? So I, I'm glad that you were able to relay that and, and, and share that with us. Um, and oftentimes we're not going in alone. Usually it's a tag team, you know, one or two that we try to, to break up. Um, and, you know, depending on whether we have our secondary principals along with us as well, we may do a tag team where we're one elementary and one secondary together, or we may break up as MESPA and um, MASSP. Awesome. So see everyone, when you think about what do our what do our MESPA leaders do, these are the conversations that they're having on our behalf. And uh, it's it's pretty awesome. So I just want to say thank you because it, 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 it is a big deal. So now you and I got to spend some time out in Spokane at, at the NAESP conference. Now, have have you been to many of the national conferences? Um, I've been to two two or three. I, I think the last one that I attended prior to um, being out in Spokane was in Tampa. 
in Tampa. That sounds like a, a decent place to go for a conference. It, it was beautiful. And that was when it was still being offered during our school year. So I, I think it was the end of March, early April. So it was a beautiful time to be down there when it was still kind of maybe gray and, and gloomy here. <laughs> yes. Yes. A, a day like today, I suppose. Correct. But, uh, so, so you've been to, you've been to several of these conferences um, as you, um, so everyone it is worth the time. I've only been to one national conference and that was in Spokane. And I like, I can't wait to go to Chicago this summer. If you haven't registered, register now, Chicago, let's make Minnesota the most represented state that shows up there. Um, but as you think about those experiences of going to a, a, a national elementary principals conference, um, they're nothing, they're not quite like what we do uh, when we have our, our Minnesota Institute, but, um, but share what, what draws you, to into going because I mean going to three that's a that's a pretty big thing. Are you going to Chicago as well? I have not registered yet. I'm kind of working on my summer schedule. I'm hoping. I'm really hoping to get there because it is. It's a it's a blast. Um, I think the the difference between our institute and national. Um, you know, I I feel like even though that the the learning is great at our institute, that the networking is really more for me, you know, there's the faces that I don't see and I know that I can connect with and, and really bounce some ideas off of where you really have to be, um, a little bit more out of your element and willing to, you know, step into something at the national level, just because it's, it's so much larger. Um, and so being able to connect with people from your own zone is, is nice. And, uh, you know, making some of those connections and, you know, if you're active on Twitter, you can certainly, you have those networks, um, that you can connect with. I know that principles in action was a huge one out in Spokane. Yeah. Uh, they got the big wagon picture and all that. And I know Know that there's others too, but that makes you know that's one that's off the top of my head that they've got a pretty strong representation. Um, but there's so much learning, and you can um, you you really find something for everyone, whether you're a, a new principal just new into the field, or whether you're a, a seasoned vet. Um, there there's always things between legislative um, literacy, special education. Um, evaluations and teacher observations, all of those kinds of things have been addressed in a variety of ways at the, the national level. So, and, and to go back what you were saying in the very beginning too, that, that connectivity is, is such a big part of the conference. Cause you go to those sessions and you start talking to more and more principals and you, and then you, you're walking down the hallway and you go, Hey, you're the principal from da, 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 da. And, and you just start striking up these, um, these natural conversations that wouldn't happen if we were just kind of staying in our own state or staying in our own area. Absolutely. Um, and it, it, it offers a different lens too, just because it is, it's nationwide, you know, you're, you're pulling things. You don't know what's happening in New York or Florida or, or Texas, or you just have this small sampling. So it, it definitely adds, adds a different lens to it. Oh, I, I, at Spokane, I went to this, uh, I went to a no kid hungry session about mm -hmm. breakfast in schools. And at the time uh, we were really struggling with, um, it, it was mostly our, um, low socioeconomic or our black and brown students who were getting breakfast in our building. And they were all in the cafeteria. They were late to class every day. And I was just going, this is our breakfast is not working. Like it's really, it's, it's causing some barriers. And I went to no kid hungry just to find out what's this about ran into a principal from Montana 
And he said, here's, uh, we had the same issue. Here's what we did and started talking me through. And next thing I know, um, we went from having 60 kids in breakfast to we feed over 300 kids a day um, breakfast. It's crazy. And it was all because of Spokane and going to a session and connecting with the principal who did it, who said, oh, here's how you remove these roadblocks. And I went, okay, sold. So yep. there, there is power. Now, Jen, you're also pretty active on Twitter. And I'm going to ask you for your handle handle later. But uh, um, talk about what got you... Um, what what was your connection to deciding that to to tweet and to follow so many people and um because you share your experiences? Yeah. Um I think you might actually have been my my reason for starting Twitter, Brett. Huh? Ah! <laughs> well, uh, I that was not planned, people. <laughs> um, I think we just I, you know, I think it was a a fluke, you know, 101 session, learn about Twitter. And uh, you know, it's a really great way to, you know, we talked again about that that networking, those connections and like-minded topics. You can hashtag anything and put a question out there and you you you're you're gonna get some responses. Some of them, not always what you're looking for, but, um, you know, I, I think it's a good way for us to, um, learn professionally, um, be candid and not get hours and hours of papers and, you know, having to search through it. You can make those connections on the, on the side and, and get more in-depth information if you want, but it's just a, a quick snapshot, snapshot glimpse of, of things that you're interested in and you, you can find just about anything. It's a great way to tell your story too. You know, when you're talking about your schools and things like that, um, celebrating and, and putting those highlights on, um, things that are happening during the day. Good news call of the day is another one where you can put those messages out there and celebrate those kids. And, um, it's, it's so simple to put pictures out there. So, right. And it's just another form of communication. Um, Absolutely. It just, it just, that, that does, it, it just, it does make a difference. Right. So, yeah. so now, um, as principals, we often talk about having a balanced life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I use, I'm using air quotes as we're, we're on video right now. So she can but, um, it is, is balance. I think we're always trying to achieve a balance. And so Jen, as a parent, as a principal, as an educator trying to live in the community. So you're also very public if you're out and about, um, how, how do you manage to um, find your balance? And what is an ideal balance for you? Is it 50-50 personal work? Or do you find yourself doing a lot more work? than like, how, how does that go for you? And how do you manage it? Uh, I wish I could say that I'm good at balance. I'm getting better. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I think if it, I've always had kind of a, I don't know, I don't want to say crazy chaos, but, you know, as a, as a parent, as a teacher, I feel like we've um, kind of been bred into the having to organize and scatter and, and multitask. And so sometimes the busy you are, the, the better you feel, <laughs> but really looking at, you know, we, I was able to um, unplug last week for break 
And that was huge. Um, we went out to big sky, Montana with my family awesome. and it was just the bigs. My, I've got two, um, adult boys, 23 and 24, and they, they came out with their significant others. And it was my husband and I, and, and, uh, the little stayed at home. We've got two grandkids too, three and six months, and they consume a lot of our time too, but, um, just to truly shut things down and embrace and enjoy everything that's out there. I mean, the scenery is unreal. So we did some skiing and, and we got an engagement to boot. So that was exciting awesome. too. Um, yeah. Right. And so I don't know if I'm ready for all of this life change, but <laughs> well, being a grandparent, isn't that pretty much like the bonus of the oh. get all the joy and not the responsibility. Absolutely. It's the best <laughs> job ever. So. <laughs> I saw, so. I saw the pictures you posted. Oh my gosh. Adorable too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. They, they uh, definitely consume a lot of my time. And I think having those things um, really in your face, I, I want to be involved and my parents were actively involved. My grandparents were actively involved in, in my upbringing. So to be able to offer that and be present um, has really forced me to find that balance even, even more. So, I mean, my, my kids um, said, mom, you're busy all the time, but you're always here. Thank you for being, you know, doing that. So they, they recognize how hard I work. Um, and maybe sometimes I work too hard, but I, I think it kind of comes with the job too. It does. Cause if you don't do the work, it's not like someone else is going to pick it up and do it for you. So it's right. like, you might as well just stay and get it done. Absolutely. And so I, I work hard to get my stuff done here at school as much as possible, but I'm a late night person. And so, um, my husband is early to bed. So I've probably got two or three hours where, you know, I'm just kind of catching up and, and this year, especially when we're stepping into classrooms to cover because we're shorthanded, um, you know, making sure that things are, are running smoothly. Um, don't always get to do the quote job that we're paid to do, um, during those school hours that happens after, after the kids go home and after staff are gone. So, so it sounds like you're okay with that balance with, with it being that way. Like that's the system that works for you. I am. And I, I would venture a guess that not everybody would want to live the way I do, but I, I enjoy being busy. I enjoy, um, I, you know, I, I do schedule myself probably a little thin sometimes, but, um, it, it's something that I know and I enjoy and it's about service. And so if I can do that without exhausting myself, um, it gives me some reward. And so I feel like it's worth it. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's, uh, my, in my house, it's kind of this, we know there's going to be ebbs and flows of when the, the good times happen and when it's time for time to work and, and stay a little bit longer or to go in early or whatever, or work on the weekends, whatever it might be, is I, I think that anyone who gets into principalship knows that it's never a, well, you're going to work from eight to 4.30 and you'll be, you'll be just fine. It's there, there, there is that balance of just knowing that in August, I'll be working a lot. Um, you know, but come June, it's, it, things mellow out a little bit. You can have some downtime and there are going to be breaks. You hopefully you can take your breaks. And like you just said, go to big sky. That sounds so restorative and just like fill, fills your cup back up so you could fill other people's cups. Yeah, absolutely. Grandkids don't hurt either though. No, we had, we had Evie this weekend, so she was a spitfire, but we had just enjoyed every minute of it. Right. And see everyone, she's got a giant smile on her face right now. And so, you know, while trying to manage a two-year-old is a lot of work, um, you, you, 
I'm telling you, there's a lot of joy coming from that statement right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we were talking about, um, about the leadership, con- or the leaders conference and then, and, and NASP. Now, Jen, you're in a position where, um, the Howard Lake area, you're talking about one section school for, for Humphrey and two at Winston or vice versa. Um, vice versa. Yeah. Vice versa. It, um, so those are relatively small communities. So, um, I assume that kind of your personal life and, and professional life have to blend at times. Um, is that accurate? Yeah. Um, and we've actually grown quite a bit. So we're, we're now a two section school at Winstead and a three section school at Humphrey. And, um, we moved from K K five configuration to a preschool through fourth grade. So we've, we made some changes. Um, but definitely it, it, it ebbs and flows. Sometimes the, you might have Mr. Olson helping out and doing some volunteering as well. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I was going to say, or you go to the grocery store and you can't help but run into everybody while you're out there while, while you're shopping. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So, that's you actually shop. No. Yep. I, I come out from my desk and you know, my, my sleeping bag isn't underneath my desk here. <laughs> right. Well, it's, it just, it, it just shows that when you're connected to your community, you're just, you always have to be on. And, and and just know that that leading in the community also means that you don't always get that separation except for when you get to shut your door when you go home, right? Right, right. Um, but so, but you're obviously invested. So, you did your kids go to the same school then um, while you were principal? No, they actually wanted to, and I asked them um, just because they were making the transition from elementary. Um, well. So I left when my youngest was in, had just finished first grade. So they were first and second grade. And uh, just, I felt like I wanted them to have their own identity and not be, oh, you know, it's the principal's kids, those kinds of things. And so they maintained their friendships and it was a great way for me to get started here. Um, But certainly they were involved um, because we're close enough that the the two schools are are definitely rivals. And so um, I would wear my green and blue tie-dyed shirt and it said, proud Rockford mom who loves her Lakers too, you know, so it was one of those, um, it was hard. Who are you cheering for? So, well, I'm cheering for my kids, but I'm also cheering for the Lakers as well. So uh, it it makes it hard in some senses, but certainly um, just the, the fun um, competitive spirit. It it was fun in that way too, where, you know, I have the best of both worlds. I've got two small communities, um, uh, school communities that I can be a part of and, and be active in and, and be visible. And there's your balance again, right? Right? (laughs) Balance of the community you live in and the balance of where you lead. Um, Jen, I I just want to like already a half hour has flown by. See, I told you. Uh, um, So, so, you know, I think about when you're, and by the way, everyone, I've looked up to Jen. It's, it's funny you mentioned Twitter because you were somebody who I have been looking up to ever since I first started working with MESPA. You've been there almost as long as I've been a principal. And so just to... Don't make me feel old. <laughs> well, no, I've only been a principal for, for seven years, everybody. Seven years. Okay. So so um, you you have been leading in MESPA since my first year. And, and so you, you've always been so kind and open and shared thoughts and ideas and get, and given feedback. And, and so I just, have, I just have to say, I'm very grateful, um, for, for our relationship and our conversations. Um, you also have been 
really instrumental in a lot of planning and professional development, um, Mm -hmm. MESPA. And I don't think people always know how much work goes into uh, the coordination of professional development um, that our organization offers. And so my question is going to be kind of twofold. And so you don't have to go into the nuts and bolts of like, how does MESPA plan everything? We don't need to know all of that. But but the, um, how, when we prioritize certain things that we want to do for professional development, how do, how do those things get decided, right? And then the second is, um, what professional development impacts you the most? What things do you enjoy um, that really make you go, wow, I'm glad I did that, or this was something that made a difference, or this person, or this book, or this, whatever it might be, um, just a little something that you can share. Don't, you don't have to get too much in the MESPA stuff, but uh, I'm so curious about what what drives people with their professional learning. Oh my gosh, that that's a loaded question. <laughs> oh, I know, I was like, oh, where do you want to start? Which direction do you want to go? Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. man. <laughs> Um, well, you know, we certainly, as far as just trying to develop the, the Institute itself, you know, we, we survey and, and take ideas from other places because, um, we're better together. We're stronger together. So if somebody's seen somebody amazing, or, you know, we have priorities that we're focusing on, whether that be equity or whether that be social emotional learning, um, some of those things you really look to, um, the collective group to have some ideas on who those key people are. Maybe you've seen somebody who has just been um, hugely dynamic. Uh, And I know everybody has a certain flavor or personality that they're looking for. um, And everybody goes to MESPA for something different. Um, So you you try to to blend in and uh, fit that to fit everybody's needs. And sometimes you're more successful than than others each year. But um, as far as somebody that really, um, I don't know, you know, I think this year, even though it was virtual, the the offerings, and I just think we we did a really great job trying to to blend the needs. Um, you know, there's still a lot of work to be done with equity, um, and you know, just on a, a variety of levels. But then to you know, um, Jessica Cabine closed it out, just hit a home run, just having that balance and dreaming big and and doing things for yourself and and just having those connections to. Um, Self-care is huge. And especially in this time now, um, it's so much more evident. And it's hard to say, hey, take care of yourself and uh, then listen to your own message. Uh, You know, that's so hard. I have staff saying, oh, you know, yeah, okay, I'll take care of myself. But, you know, it we have to. Um, So and I I really enjoyed Hamish um, as well. Hamish Brewer was great just because. you know, there's, there's no excuses. You have to be relentless for kids, you know, regardless of whether you agree with the the language or the flavor or the color of his message, his message is about being with kids and stepping up and not taking excuses and, and being connected. Um, and that's what MESPA to me is all about. It's just that relationship, the connections um, and ongoing learning. So being unapologetic for kids. That's right. Right. And I think about Jessica and, you know, when I asked you the question about like balancing family and balancing your job, um, her message of, of being a middle school principal now and, and, and her son's story and having, you know, being, being a mom principal there, mom principal, and then her little stealthies, 
like the yes, all, exactly. all the little <laughs> right. I love the stealthies. I, I'm, I'm telling you, everyone hashtag stealthies. Just look up just yep. uh, Twitter account and just watch all the pictures she takes of her son. It's awesome. Um, but that you know her she her speech also really modeled that. How do you live the balance of like I'm out of balance. And it's okay right now because this is what I'm going to get, or this is what I'm also prioritizing. And it, that was powerful. I, I think her closing, yeah, I was just like, yep. I'd be standing up right now, Jessica. <laughs> um, I mean, Dr. Khalifa, Paul Gorski as well. I mean, all the keynotes this year were home yeah. runs in, in my book of, of just being able to like really make connections and say, okay, I've got more things that I want to learn about. Um, thinking about that, that professional development. So thank you for sharing because you were one of the main people who helped plan those events. So, you know, it's, well, a huge shout out to the ed advisory team. It definitely is. I mean, I appreciate that acknowledgement, but it, it is a team effort and they bring so many different lenses to it. It's just, um, it's, it's a good group and, and they work hard to make sure that you're getting what you need. So shout out to them. So at advisory, so, so MESPA members, as you listen to this podcast and you go, huh, how can I get involved in MESPA? Well, your division might say, we need a representative. It might be financial awareness. It might be at advisory. It, you, you name it, there's places for you to help contribute to grow our organization. So that, that does matter. I really want to um, follow up on something else too, because I, um, I mentioned this before we started recording is um, female leadership. And when we, we were just talking about Jessica and she models so much of the vulnerability of, of leadership. But as you go further into the middle school and then high school, we start seeing more and more male teachers, more, uh, I don't, I don't know, but the gender does change leading in an elementary building. We obviously see more female teachers, um, and, and female leaders. I believe it's about 50, 50, um, talk a little bit about when you're in a rural community, do you ever run up against um, any issues of being a female leader um, when you're talking with families or what's that experience like if you, or if there's no change in the experience, you go, ah, no, I've never even noticed being a female leader. Um, yeah. But I, I was, I'm always wondering um, just because being a male, being a white male, I, there's a lot of privilege I have that, that goes with being a leader. Um, I want to kind of curious about your, your experience, especially in a community that's a little smaller. Sure. Um I would say that the the community um, in large has been very open to um, a female leader. You know, I I, I stepped into um, you know the the gal that was here prior to me, um, Becky Gertis, and prior to that, um, Julie Milliburn. So, uh, you know, there was there was a history of of female leadership. So I don't think it was out of the norm for, for the community to expect that or, or to see that. Um, I feel like sometimes there are times where you may, maybe, uh, you know, you lead a little bit more with emotion. And I think that, I think that probably depends on the individual as well. Um, but there are, there are times where I feel like maybe there's a little bit more risk taking on approaching me as a leader. Um, and as, as the, you know, the leader of the school, whether, you know, I, I might be able to push the boundaries a, a little bit because, you know, a little bit more, I don't want to say intimidation. I think that's the wrong word. Um, but I might not be as aggressive in an email or in a phone call if it was a, a male counterpart, for example. Um, and so, but I think, you know, by and large, um, the fa- the families have been very um, supportive and, you know, you, we communicate needs, whether they're positive or negative. And, uh, 
it's just, it's, it's been a good experience for me. And, um, because I've had other leadership roles, you know, as a coach and a teacher and some of those other things, um, I don't know that I know any different. So, and, you know, maybe that, that mom role too might, um, lend itself. It comes in handy. (laughs) Isn't it funny when you use the mom voice or the dad voice at school too, and you catch yourself doing it and you're like, Oh, Hey, just, I'll dial it back just a little bit. (laughs) it's, It's so funny. We, uh, um, we do a, like a bingo night normally, a family fun night at our school. And because of COVID, obviously, we weren't able to do it this year. So we did a virtual baskets drawing. And so we like make these baskets where the kids all get, they, they all get 20 tickets. They can drop their names into a basket and they can win different prizes, right? So we did it virtually online. And so because it was just me on a camera and, you know, over 400 kids attended um, oh, online. Wow but I didn't realize how long it was going to take between each basket of like getting, getting the, all right, so here's what's in this basket and showing the kids and then drawing their names. And then that, how long it took to transition between. So I started just telling all the worst jokes I could. <laughs> you like, pulled a Scanson, huh? <laughs> I did. I, oh my God. I, my inner Scanson came out. Oh my gosh. For those of you who don't know who Eric Scanson is, he's our president, but or former, uh, but uh, he always tells a bad joke. No, he always tells a joke. It's your interpretation if it's bad or not. But uh, um, I, for an hour, it was just like, so we did 31 baskets and in between each basket, I told a horrible joke and I thought <laughs> I just bombed. I bombed so bad on this. And on Monday, so we did it on a Friday night, come back on Monday and the kids are like, Mr. Rosser, I have a joke for you. And, and, and like, and just telling me every joke they could think of. And I was like, Okay, well, I guess that worked. I I was just trying to fill time, and uh, <laughs> when, when you think about just the the, uh, I don't know if that may, is that being vulnerable. I don't know what that is, but it's it was impromptu leadership at that moment. But it just it's uh, it put a smile on my face. I I kind of went off topic on that, but it just reminded me of the of the experience of busting out my dad voice, and then also like, okay, if I don't know what to do, or if the timing is awkward, I just tell a bad joke to try to like. <laughs> Clear some space and Eric right. Jensen, thank you. That's uh that, that's the go-to. Um, well, all right. So Jen, I look at how quickly our time went by. And so <laughs> everyone, we were talking about this. And and if you ever want to be a guest on the podcast, everyone, we we want you as a guest. Everyone has a story to tell, and we want to keep presenting. <laughs> um, we want to keep presenting guests and topics that you want to hear about. And so uh, please don't hesitate to reach out to anyone at MESPA, myself. I'm at Brett Dom, B-R-E-T-D-O-M on Twitter. You can just reach out to me. We want more guests. We want we want to hear your stories. And Jen is somebody who um, I knew right away when we were getting the podcast going again that I wanted to be able to talk with her. And uh, um, I hope that you all enjoyed it as well. So Jen, if people are looking to connect with you, what's the best way to find you? Sure. Well, um, if we're looking Twitter, um, I am at um, Jen, J-E-N-O, and then 2687. And uh, I'm out there on Facebook, although it's more a, a personal Facebook than it is a professional Facebook. Otherwise, just the, the school connection. So I, I'm just a phone call away. I enjoy chatting and uh, certainly love to learn. So I think everybody has something to offer. And, you know, you talked about those stories to tell. That's definitely those connections matter. Right. It's everyone. And we all have stories, everyone. If you're a principal or a teacher, you've got them. And there's there's so much that 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 we can be out here sharing. Um, Well, Jen, thanks for being a guest on here. 
And uh, all right. So for everyone else, was this very painful? It was not as painful as I expected it to be. So thank you for making it easy, Brett. <laughs> uh, well, no, it is, this is fun. This is supposed to be a conversation. So everyone, um, all the interviews I've done from from Ken Williams all the way down, they everyone wants to know what's this going to be like. And so um, that's a natural question. And I ask, I answer it every single time we do this. So I just want to let you know um, that... This is about us having this conversation and sharing our learning so all, all of you can all be listening and, and be part of this because we just want to, what, what is, we all do better when we all do better. And that's right. so that's from right. Wellstone, is, uh, that's, that's the whole key to this. So Jen, thank you so much for taking time on a Monday after school to, uh, to, to record this with us, but uh, it's been awesome. Thanks so much for joining. Absolutely, I appreciate the opportunity, Brett. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. And uh, we'll see you at the next MESPA Principal Cast. Make it a great day, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of MESPA Principal Cast. For more information about the Minnesota Elementary School Principals Association, visit mespa.net.